0: Petri Wine brings you The Casebook of Gregory Hood. Tonight, the Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invites you to listen to the story of The Sad Clown. Another exciting adventure from the Casebook of Gregory Hood. And from the recipe book of Petri Wine comes a wonderful suggestion for dessert. Serve canned peaches in Petri, California Muscatel. Believe me, there's a perfect combination for you. Juicy, sweet, golden peaches with the perfect wine for peaches, Petri Muscatel. And talk about easy to fix. It's simple. Open a can of peaches and boil down the juice till it's slightly thickened. Then mix that syrup with twice the amount of Petri Muscatel. Pour over the peaches and chill for two hours. And wait till you taste that dessert. It's absolutely delicious course it would be with Petri Muscatel, because Petri Muscatel is something special in wines. It's a clear golden wine with a full rich flavor that's wonderful with peaches or any kind of fruit. And remember, you can serve Petri Muscatel proudly, because those five letters, P-E-T-R-I, spell the proudest name in the long history of fine wine, Petri. <laughs> Once again, it's Monday night in San Francisco, and time for our weekly visit with Gregory Hood and his friend and attorney, Sanderson Taylor. Tonight, our rendezvous is at Greg's apartment, high on Knob Hill, overlooking the Golden Gate. Let's join him there, shall we? Well, hello, Harry Bartell. Good evening, Mr. Taylor. I won't ask you where Greg is. I can hear him. (laughs) He's working on some ideas for his new suite. I hate to disturb him. Oh, nonsense. He's exciting you. Come along in.
1: Sneaked in so quietly I didn't see
0: you. Evening, Greg. Don't stop playing. I
1: oh, like it. I think I'll call it Sarah for a sad clown. Might be rather effective if I can get past this freaky. Well, you haven't come here to listen to me composing.
0: Uh, well, it does put us in the atmosphere for tonight's story, Harry. Oh, you mean the circus motif. Yeah, last week you told us the adventure took place under the big top. That's right, Harry, and these cameos lying on the
1: table here helped me to put me in the mood, too. Hey, they're beautiful, Greg. I, I bet they're old, huh? 16th century. They're the complete set of Mal cameos, and they have quite an exciting history. Well, Greg, how do the cameos tie up with the circus? That's what I'm going to tell you, Harry. One summer morning last year, I was in my office at Hood & Company working on a Far Eastern importing concession that involved quite a lot of money. Just before lunch, my secretary came in and told me that I had... Excuse me, Mr. Hood. There's a funny little man here to see you. I like funny little men. What did he want? Well, he didn't say, but he kept thrusting this card at me and pointing at your door. Silent type, huh? Let's see the card.
0: Seems very gentle, but I've never seen anyone look quite so sad.
1: Well, this card explains it. Simply says... Tommy, the saddest clown in the world. A rather haunting title. Have him come in, Miss Ferris. Yes, Mr. Hood.
0: This way,
1: please. Oh, hello, Tommy. <laughs> well, hello. You use that horn for conversation? I see, Tommy. You must be dumb. I I I beg your pardon, mute. That's the term you prefer, isn't it? Oh, this is fascinating. What can I do for you, Tommy? Do you want me to look in that package? For well, sure I will. You want to know what I think of it? Holy smoke. Where'd you get it? Unless I'm crazy, this is one of the famous Maltraver cameos that was stolen in Canada a few months ago. They're worth a lot more than their weight in gold. How'd you get hold of one of them? No, oh, I, I don't folly on that one, Tommy. Well, I don't understand your gesture either. Oh, I get it. You want to use my typewriter? Sure, I'll put some paper in it for you. There, there you are. Go ahead, Tommy. Knew you were an expert. Thought you might recognize Cameo. Well, sure, I recognize it, Tommy. Go on. If you want... To see rest of cameos, well, you bet I do. Come see me at circus this afternoon. Well, I certainly will, Tommy, but can't you tell me more right now? No? Oh, come on, Tommy. Tell you all when I can show you. Oh, but Tommy, one thing, where did you find this cameo? get it. C-L-U-E clue. <laughs> I don't get it, son. Can't you go a little further, Tommy? Well, okay. I'll meet you at the circus. Thanks for coming here. So long, Tommy. <laughs> well, I'll be done. Yes, Mr. Uh, Get Sandy Taylor on the phone for me, please, Miss Ferris. Very well, Mr. Hood. And I won't be at the office this afternoon. I have some business to do. Believe it or not, I'm going to the circus. At first, I thought you were by coming to the circus with the Greg, but now that you've told me the story, I'm practically speechless. A rare condition for an attorney. Oh. But speechlessness certainly cued me into this business. In spite of his affliction, Tommy got the story over very clearly. You're sure the cameo he showed you was one of the stolen Mount sets? I was nearly positive, but I took it to Dick Gump before I came out here and had him confirm my point. Oh, uh-huh. The cameo is one of a set of 12, and they're extremely valuable. There's a big reward offered for them. Well, how the devil would a mute circus clown get a hold of a valuable cameo like that, Existar? I think that wouldn't be hard to dope out. These cameos are stolen goods. They came across the border from Canada. The circus would offer wonderful possibilities for smuggling stuff past customs. Yes, it would. Never thought of that before. <laughs> Nor did I. Until sad time they came to see me this morning. Oh, do you want to see the program? Oh, yes, thank you. You know, Greg, I've never gotten over my boyhood passion for circuses. Nor have I. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I like it. What? I presume you've uh, taken a gander at this well-proportioned lady on page three? No. Ah, she's stunning. Uh, Madame Belinda, Queen of the Snow Leopards. Snow Leopards. Now, that rings a bell somewhere. (laughs) I'd say she'd be enough inducement to bring you to a circus, even without the problem of stolen cameos and sad clowns. (laughs) Ah, here come the bareback riders. Yeah. Now, sit back and enjoy yourself, Sandy. Even though we're here on business, we might as well combine it with pleasure. <laughs> here come the clowns, Greg. Keep your eye on my little friend, Tommy. Even though he can't talk, I hope he's going to give us the clue to a mighty big secret. <laughs> I think that's him now. It's hard to tell in clown's makeup. Yes, it is. Oh. See that little horn hanging around his neck? Uh huh. That's the one he used in my office this morning. <laughs> he's got a wonderful sense of pantomime, hasn't he? <laughs> Uh-oh, he's turning in front of our box. Yeah, left... I think he's going to signal me. <laughs> Hello, Tommy. <everybody. laughs> he's a funny little guy, isn't he? <laughs> Oh, the children are crazy about him. Look, look, Sandy, this is a new trick. He's lifting up a giant bottle. It's labeled Black Market. He's putting it to his lips. <laughs> now he's starting to stagger. He's pretending that Black Market is poison. <laughs> How right he is. <laughs> and listen to the kid. Look, here comes my favorite turn, the collapsing car. Yeah, it was crazy driving. The car is flaming all over the room. Oh, the fenders are falling off. <laughs> Next no, comes come the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. Now the driver overboard. The driver? He has stumbled out. Craig, <laughs> the car's without a driver. It'll hit someone. Oh no, take it easy, Sandy. I know this, act. The, the car's being driven by a clown crouched under that rear seat and steering with a special lever. It's a neat gas. Yeah, it's very effective. <laughs> but your clown, he's right in the path of the car. Why doesn't he get up? Oh, he will. <laughs> he's, sack, <laughs> he's not getting up. Look out, Tommy! Oh, holy smoke, it hit him! Take it easy, folks. It's all part of the act. Now, oh, the heck it is. Come on, Sandy. We're going back to do some checking. That looks to me like a deliberate attempt at murder. Please,
2: please, all of you, step away from the body.
1: The body? Tommy dead? See? He died in a tragic accident. Oh, the poor devil. I swear this wasn't an accident. I know that particular car routine too well. Please, gentlemen, you are not members of the circus. I am Paducci, the ringmaster. I must ask you to leave. Not without looking at the body. See, Tommy was a friend of mine. He came to me on business this morning, important business. Yes, and that business might well tie in with his death, if it does prove not to be accidental. Very pertinent point, Signor Paducci. You'd better let me look at the body, I think. You don't want the circus to be involved in scandal, do you? Scandal? Sc- Who are you, gentlemen? Please. My name is Gregory Hood. Hood Importing Company. A friend here is Sanderson Taylor, my attorney. And attorney? Very well. I will allow
2: you to see what's coming.
0: Now, out of the way, please. Oh, no. Out of the way. No. Out of the way.
2: There. There he lies, my friend. We carried him in on that stretcher. Has a doctor seen him yet? No. We have sent for one, but we know he is dead.
1: Sure he's dead. But I don't think the car injuries account for it. He doesn't look badly mangled. His right leg's a little crushed and one arm's hanging
2: loose. I think that he dies of heart failure, senor. Tommy did not have so good a heart.
1: Yeah? Well, Signor Parducci, I don't think he died of heart failure. Who I... was the driver of the car that hit him? The hidden driver who was lying in the back seat. How how do you know our trick, Signor? Well, that isn't important now. Who was the driver? Hans Mohnheim. Well, where is he? He might be able to throw some light on me. Hans! Yeah? Yeah,
2: somebody warned me? Yes, I
1: do, Hans. You were driving the car that hit Tommy? Sure I was, but it couldn't have killed him. Didn't hit him hard enough. That's what I'm thinking. Tell me, how long have you and the dead man been doing this comedy car routine together? Oh, a year now, ever since I joined the circus in Canada. Right. When you made that last swerve towards him as he was lying on the ground, you expected him to jump up, didn't you? I sure I did, mister. That's way he had to act figured out. He'd done it a couple of hundred times that way. first and seconds, you know. As soon as I realized that something was wrong with Tom, I swerved from jammed on the brakes. But I couldn't help hitting him. Well, how do you account for the fact that tonight he didn't spring out of the way when you expected him to? Well, I think it must have been his ticker. Tom had a bad heart, you see. That is what I tell you, senor. And now, please, I must. I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't oh, leave. What is this? They said
0: Tommy is dead.
1: See, see, Belinda.
0: Tommy is. Hold on. Oh, let, let me see him. What do you mean?
1: I'm a recent friend of Tommy's, Madam Belinda. We're trying
2: to find out how he died.
1: But they said the car hit him.
2: Yeah, that's right, Belinda. But that didn't kill
0: him. His
2: ticker simply gave out.
0: Oh, poor Tommy. He was so sweet and so sad. In all the years I've known him, I've never seen him smile. And now in death, he lies there,
1: sadder than ever. Does he, though? That's what was worrying me. Sandy, give me a handkerchief, will you? Uh huh, sure, right. Here you are. What are you up to? A clown's grease paint is laid on pretty thick. It looks as if he's still sad. But there's something about the mouth. I wonder. What are you going to do, senor? Wipe off some of this makeup. No, no,
2: no. Leave him alone. He's dead.
1: Belinda, it is time for your entrance. The music is commencing. I must pronounce But this man... There. What? See what it does when I remove the makeup from around the, his lips. his cough. His mouth's frozen into a ghastly smile. Yes. And that smile is characteristic of a certain kind of poison. Strychnine.
0: Gregory heard a breathing spell for a second now while I remind you again of how wonderfully well Petri California Muscatel goes with any peach dessert. It's really something. Just try making peach cake, peach cookies, or peach shortcake with Petri Muscatel if you want a swell dessert. That rich, full flavor of Petri Muscatel is just made to go with peaches. Canned peaches are on the market now, and in nearly every locality, your Petri wine dealer can give you a little recipe folder showing you how to make unusual and delicious desserts with peaches to serve with Petri Muscatel. Just be sure it's Petri Muscatel, because all Petri wines are good wines. Greg, this is quite a story. The the saddest man in the world died in full view of a crowded circuit. He did, Harry. But there was a violent difference of opinion as to the cause of his death. So I gathered, Some people thought it was the car accident that killed him, others that he died of heart failure, and... You thought it was strychnine poisoning. Yes, Harry, as soon as I saw that ghastly smile on his face. You know, Greg, when you said it was poisoning, I had a sudden hunch. Well, good for you, Harry. What was it? Well, I'm probably leading with my chin. I I had a hunch that the poison was placed in that large fake bottle marked Black Market. That's a perfectly logical assumption, and it was the same logic
1: that I followed. The police hadn't arrived, so I sent for that fake bottle, and while I was waiting for it, Sandy and I stood guard over the bottle. Oh, Greg, it's pretty horrible, isn't it? What we thought were comedy antics clowns staggering along in the ring. They were really the dying convulsions of a man poison stricken. Yeah, that's the way it adds up to me. And you think the poison was administered in that big bottle he raised his lips? Well, that's the way it would seem, and yet it's such a clumsy way of committing murder. The last person to hand that bottle to the dead clown would be the obvious suspect. But of course, the motive for murder would be that the dead man had latched on to the fact that somebody in the circus had smuggled those cameos into the country. And therefore, Tommy had to be signed. Oh, it could be, Sandy. Incidentally, I guess you noticed that Hans Mannheim, the man who was driving the car, joined the circus in Canada. Yes, and the cameos were stolen in Canada. I also noticed something else, Greg. And what was that?
0: Madame Belinda
1: seemed mighty anxious that you didn't wipe the grease paint off the dead man's face. Yeah, but that might be a perfectly natural reaction in a person seeing you about to experiment on a dead friend's body. Ah, here comes Signor Fatucci. yes Signor. This is the big bottle. See for yourself. It is as I tell you, the bottle is empty. It has always been empty. Thank you, senor. Hmm. Not only empty, but there's a strong musty smell. Yes, senor. I'm sure this bottle's been empty for some time. But if the poison wasn't in this bottle, how was it administered? That's what we have to find out, Sandy. That particular poison often doesn't act under 15 or 20 minutes. Senor Paducci. Yes? Did the dead man share a dressing room with the rest of the clowns? No. He was our principal clown. He had his own dressing room. Ah. May I examine it? See, si. It is behind the leopard cage. You can not see it from here. The room with the yellow door. Oh, yes. Thank you. Come on, Sandy. The police will be here any moment. I have the greatest respect for them, but we're already two jumps ahead. We might as well try to make it three. The dead man's dressing room is surprisingly comfortable. I would no idea that circus folks live so well. They deserve it, Sandy. They're nomads, gypsies. A third of their lives is spent on sleeper jumps. Hey, Sandy, come over here. Huh? Well, what is it? Look here on his dressing table. Pot of tea in two cups? Yeah, and the pot's still warm. This is probably the answer, Sandy. To the poison? Yeah, I'd say the strychnine was administered in the tea. Tannic acid retards the action of strychnine. That's why it didn't take effect on him until he was in the ring. One of the cups is empty and the other hasn't been touched. Uh huh. The untouched one being the murderers. But who sat and had tea with him here? Well, we know the murderer sat here in this chair that's in front of the untouched cup of tea. Uh-huh. Hey, look. See these long hairs sticking to the upholstery? Yes. They might give a clue to the murderer's identity. Could be. Long hairs might suggest leopards. And leopards would suggest Belinda. I wonder... uh, Lieutenant Silver. Hello, Mr. Taylor. How are you, <laughs> Hello, Stan. I'm glad you're on this case. So am I. Well, Greg, I guess you're a few jumps ahead of me. The police surgeon just examined the body. It's stricken poisoning, all right. Have you figured out how it was given? Well, I'd say it was given in this pot of tea. Okay. I'll have it analyzed. Now, while you're doing that, Stan, there's another important check you can make. Yeah, what is it, Greg? The murderer sat in this chair. There are some long hairs on it. Look for yourself. Uh huh. I'm pretty sure they aren't human hairs. I suggest you rush them to the Fly Shack of Zoo and have them examined. Okay. I think the result of that test will probably give us the answer to the killer's identity. <laughs>
0: Are we headed for Madame Belinda's dressing room? Yeah. You suspect
1: her? Sure, I do. And it all ties in with the clue that Tommy spelled out on the typewriter this morning. You mean about those two letters, O-Z? Yeah, Sandy. I couldn't figure it out at the time, but Tommy added the typed fact that it was a clue. I was still confused until I saw the circus program tonight and read about the snow leopards. Yes, but I still don't get it. What do the two letters O-Z have to do with snow leopard? Well, Tommy said it was a clue, Sandy. What abbreviation does O-Z suggest? Osie? well, that's the abbreviation of the word ounce. Check. And the word ounce is another name for a snow leopard. Then that would seem to prove that Madame Belinda, the trainer of snow leopards, is the smuggler of the cameo? Very possibly. You know, maybe we can make a time check on her. The still warm pot of tea would prove that the poison was administered not more than 20 minutes or so before Tommy died in the rain. Oh, yes, I oh, will. Here. Here's Belinda's dressing. Uh-huh. Well, we'll soon find out. Who are you looking for? Madam Belinda. She ain't here. She's out in the ring. What did you want? Well, some information. Are you her dresser? Yes, I am. Well, tell me, were you with her about a half an hour ago? No. She stumped out of here about an hour ago, after we had a fight. I'm thinking of quitting. No one can talk to me that way.
2: Oh, you you had a fight? Sure did, mister.
1: She was wearing a brand-new costume straight from the tailors, and one of the buttons was missing. She raised the roof and bawled me out. I can't figure out how it was my fault, though. Thank you. Much obliged for the information. You're welcome. Well, apparently, Madame Belinda has no alibi there. If what her dresser said was true, I'm afraid she has a perfect one. But come on, Madame Belinda's in the ring. Let's go and examine the Land of Oz before she brings the animals back. The Land of Oz? The Snow Leopard's Cage, Sandy. Since it's empty, let's give it the once over. the key. Yeah. What's one of the clowns?
2: Who are you? I'm Happy Mac.
1: What are you doing in this cage? It isn't part of your act. What business is it of yours, pal? I'm a friend of Tommy's. I'm investigating his murder.
2: You're a cop? No. What's your name? Gregory Hood. Oh, I've heard of you. Look, Mr. Hood, perhaps it'll save a lot of explanation if I show you my wallet. Here. There's some identification there. Oh,
1: so you're a Canadian private detective, eh? Private detective? Then you're only disguised as a clown, eh?
2: Sure, I was hired in Montreal to track down the Maltrever cameo. So? Let's join forces. We're on the same trail. Who do you suspect? Madame Belinda. You see, I've been watching the dead clown Tommy around this cage. When he got killed in the ring just now, I figured it tied in with Belinda and Tommy's interest in the cage. So I came here and did some snooping. Did you spot anything? I sure did. Come and look in this tackle box in the corner. Now, get a load of that. The missing cameos. But only five of
1: them. Yeah, five. The original set that was stolen numbered a dozen, didn't
2: it, Mac? That's right. Six are still missing. I figure Belinda's been getting rid of them one by one as the circus traveled down from the border. Too bad I couldn't have nabbed her before. Then she poisoned Tommy because he'd spotted her secret. Sure, that's the way it must have been. And yet I won't. Boy, won. here comes out of Belinda now. Yeah, and the big cats are with her. You'd better get out of here but fast. What are you men doing in the cage? Just taking a look, see, Belinda? And we found plenty, too. Enough to send you to the chair. You stole the cameos, and you poisoned Tommy. I killed Tommy? Wait, I'll the animals on you. Jason! I wish I had a gun. What do i call your animals
1: off. I will. Yes, you will. I've got you covered. Inspector Silvers. Oh, Silvers. I'm mighty glad to see you. Call off your animals, madam.
2: Greg, Jason. Oh,
1: that was a close one. Did you get a report on those hairs I found on the killer's chair, Sam? Yeah, Greg. You were right. They were hairs from a snow leopard. They were. Well, now I know who murdered Tommy. Sure, it was Madam Belinda. That's what I figured. Madam Belinda, you're Take right. Take it up. easy, Sam. You could arrest her for robbery and maybe for attempted murder, as snow leopards can be considered lethal weapons. But if you want Tommy's murderer, arrest this man, Max, the Canadian private detective.
0: Well, Greg, now that we're back in the apartment and Max's
1: under arrest, I'll confess that I was off on the wrong track completely. Well, so was I most of the time. The soon as Stan told me that those hairs were snow leopard hairs, then I knew it wasn't Madame Belinda. <laughs> and that's when I was certain it was her. Uh-uh, Sandy. Remember, she was dressed in a brand-new uniform straight from the tailors, and she hadn't started her act when Tommy died. So she couldn't have had the hairs on her costume. Then Matt planted them on the chair, planning to frame them? Sure. Him? And by his own admission, he'd been searching the cave. He had every opportunity to obtain the hair. Oh, wait a minute, i me get this straight. Now, he poisoned Tommy the clown because Tommy had discovered the stolen cameo? Check. And Tommy undoubtedly saw the original 12 cameos. Sure, and Mac killed him. Double check. Then he tried to frame Belinda by placing those hairs on the chair. Then he planted the six cameos in a very obvious spot in the leopard's cage, knowing Belinda would be the logical suspect. But the cameos, Gregg, why were there only six of them? Well, there's a neat slant on that. When Mac was engaged as a private detective on the case, he was right about that. He tracked down the 12 cameos, all right. Which Madame Belinda had stolen. Yes, but he played both ends against the middle. He pocketed six himself, then said Belinda had disposed of them. Oh, the fact that she wouldn't have been able to dispose. Then he was going to go back to Canada with half the collection to claim the reward. His return would cast all suspicion away from him. And he'd have disposed of his six cameos on the side. Right. Dirty a combination of murder and double-cross as ever I tangled up with. Mm, And poor, sad Tommy got killed because of his curiosity. Yeah, poor little devil. I'll tell you one thing, Sandy. Huh? What's that? I'm going to Montreal as soon as these cameos return to their rightful owner. You're going to buy it? You bet your life, Sandy. But this time they'll be crossing the border legally as the property of Gregory Hood & Company Importers. Uh... you get into the next a the circus yet oh yes I went to the animal fair all the murderers and characters were there that's enough clowning Harry. but it was interesting that we can say that we can hey Greg it was too bad you had to miss the act with the snow leopards yes it was that sort of thing appeals
0: to the aesthetic in me hmm, so many things do pardon me what was that you said I said so many things do well sure I'll admit it that's the way I am not me I'm
1: different <laughs> you're telling me I found just one thing to please the aesthetic in you Petri
0: wine. That's right, Greg. Harry, the floor is yours. Well, that's the wine I want to talk about, Greg, because you know Petri wine is wonderful, honestly. It should be. The Petri family has been making wine for generations now. The art of making fine wine is a heritage in the Petri family, passed down from father to son, from father to son. All those years of experience and knowledge go into making Petri wine, so it's no wonder Petri wine is so good. And it's no wonder the Petri business has grown... Until today, the Petri family is America's largest independent winemaker. Yes, the making of Petri wine is a family affair. And the Petri family has every intention of keeping it just that. So you know the name Petri on a bottle of wine is more than a trademark. It's the personal assurance of the Petri family that Petri wine is and always will be good wine. Well, Greg, which story out of the casebook are you planning to tell us next week? Next Monday, I'm going
1: to tell you about one of the strangest adventures that Sandy and I ever had. It concerns a strangled dancer, a somewhat bewildered businessman, and a cryptic message from beyond the grave. A message that proved to give the clue to murder. See you next Monday, Harry. (laughs)
0: book of Gregory Hood is written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher. Original music composed and played by Dean Fosler. Elliot Lewis plays the part of Gregory Hood, and Sanderson Taylor is played by Howard McNair. <laughs> the Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, invites you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. The book of Gregory Hood comes to you from our Hollywood studio. This is Harry Bartell saying good night for the Petrie family.